Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. What's happening? <laughs> I hate halftime coming at you on a Monday. Monday, yeah. Monday, Monday. <laughs> we'll pretend we haven't been talking already for 15 minutes. Yes. All of all of that tick TikTok chit chat didn't happen. This is this yeah. is getting shot out of a cannon. I'm, Brand new. You know, Brand everybody new. loves nothing more on a Monday morning when this comes out than to have people high energy coming at you <laughs> Monday morning. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Have you had your coffee? Are you driving home? Whatever yes. you're doing, we got a lot of energy here. <laughs> Woo! Wee wee wee. <laughs> um, so good. Chidi Kumar was an incredible yeah. guest. What a great story she had. Oh my god, that was amazing! Insane. I oh, mean, I didn't I introduce love... you. Sorry, you are yeah. Mr. Aaron Farley. Oh my, yes, hello. My half and eight, half time, half caffeinated, half and half, calf, <laughs> calf, half uh, co-host on these Monday half times. Um, Quadruple caffeinated. That's it. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. I've been doing double. Here, we'll put this in the frame. I can put this in there. Mm. I've been doing double shots of espresso in this big thing. It's kind of like oh my, my little, like my um, make your own um, Starbucks at home. Adventure, <laughs> yeah. I I realized that buying like a uh, three hundred dollar coffee machine, uh, like espresso machine, yeah. save saved me money, like made its money back in like a month and a half. I think that's kind of where we're at with this one too. Yeah, this oh, yeah. was yeah this was for Shan's um, birthday in October, and then I was like, I like making espresso. There's something about a big burnt pot of coffee that isn't as good as those little oh, yeah. individual espresso shots. With a bunch yeah. of foamy milk in there, like it just does all the things that Starbucks does. Like that's it, and then put some sugar in there, and then put like twice as much as that as you think you should have, <laughs> and then you really have the whole Starbucks experience. Yeah, I never go. Like I rarely go buy coffee now anymore. It's like, yeah, uh, four shots in the morning, probably. I mean, granted, I live in a little town that only has one Starbucks, and it's like twenty minutes away. So yeah, <laughs> it'd be pissed it's not like, like it's on every corner. And it's yeah, easy it's to not like to. being in LA <laughs> where you're like, mm, maybe I should stop for another yeah. cup of coffee three blocks away. Mm-hmm. Spend another fourteen dollars. Yeah, the big. Yeah, I realize it's mostly just milk and sugar. This is the thing. Like the coffee is kind of the afterthought. It's like it's, yeah, it's the thing you think it is. It's the thing you think you want, but I realize it's more the milk and sugar. It's yeah, like and I mean part. like. And and it is true when you're buying a cup of coffee for whatever five fifty or like a, a nice fancy cappuccino or something, and then you realize like the bag of coffee, ground like full beans is twelve bucks. <laughs> yeah, like for you know or whatever fifteen yeah. bucks for nice, and it lasts you for a week and a half. 
Like that's a okay. This is a big markup. Yeah, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the coffee at home. It's it's the milk and sugar you're paying for, and the and yeah, the ice. We, we yeah, go. we got the the far bucks. At home. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of, of delicious things, Chidi Kumar has an incredible, yeah. um, uh, culinary, uh, journey. I really, yeah. I'm really bummed that, um, her restaurant's so far away as we were talking, yeah. I was like, I want to eat here. I want, I want to go to there. I know everything sounded so good. Yeah. And I love, I love the way that she talks about, um, like she's just so passionate about the experience, which I thought like, cause you know, you guys talked about food. A little bit, but really it was, you were talking about the experience of what the guests at the restaurant were coming in for. And like what, you know, the things that she would really get bothered by was like a negative review or someone saying that, that the, that the vibe was wrong or that, that they didn't enjoy themselves. You know, mm-hmm. less less even about the food necessarily, but more about the experience. And um, and I love I love I mean, again, it's like people with that hustler mentality of like when she when she talked about she was like, well, my my band, you know, because she was also managing bands mm-hmm. when she was younger, and when she was talking about that, I'm like, oh, that must be in like her 30s or whatever. And she's like, well, when my band managing career was over when I was 25, <laughs> <laughs> all the bands that I had managed were breaking up, and I'm like, 25? Oh my god, what was I? I was barely even had a minimum wage job at 25. <laughs> I had like just moved to LA and was like living on a couch. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, no, I think she was. So she like already she, had her life going very early on. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, the, just the whole story of even, and even just growing up in Queens in the early '80s and seeing the Ramones. Oh, yeah. You know, as like her first concert, and yeah, just the the I remember too as we were talking. You know, just that feeling of like I don't, I, I have no experience being an immigrant. You know, I've I've yeah. I've not had that that experience. What ever in my life and it's it's just so incredible just hearing you know what how she was able to sort of integrate but also having to maintain those boundaries you know within her family and they're kind of you know the stuff she had to do to get by on the family side and then stuff she had to do to get by kind of in the public facing side and i was like oh that what a just what a common thing it must be for you know this must not be that unusual but i just didn't have to do that exactly i think everybody kind of does it as you grow up as you become a teenager you sort of have your your family self and then your friend self to some degree but putting a whole cultural um background you know on top of that having to sort of you know bridge two different cultures and sort of find yourself like where do i where do i sit in that and where do i where do i um, identify yeah. Well, and even, yeah. And, and, and I think it was cool listening to her go through that now being someone who's been successful in multiple things and, but who is also, um, that success has come at this, like, it's not like she's like an accounts manager <laughs> that there's like yeah. steps that have been put in front of her to be like, well, if you get to this point, then you get this much money and you get to this point, you know, she's been successful at all of these things that are like complete hustles that so many people don't do well, <laughs> you know, it's like, and that you have to have that personality of not only, but also there's a lot of people that hustle that also don't, aren't successful and they're just like hustling, but they, you know, it doesn't 
work and it sounds like she's taking it so seriously and is so passionate about those things of like i mean the fact that they just started a venue or like we're gonna we want to start a venue and so then they get like the biggest building possible that they not only have to start a venue but they also have to start a venue a restaurant and a bar yeah (laughs) and and they're like what was she 20 something and it's like they're in their 20s yeah maybe yeah super young and um and and she had just only she had worked at a restaurant for a little while and then she had worked as a bartender for a while but it's not like she went to culinary school right right I mean, it's yeah. like like no i i can figure this out i'm like you can figure out how to run a restaurant all right i mean <laughs> i've only really known a couple people in my life in my personal life that have that kind of like no i can figure out i can figure this out and and then they're actually successful at it. It's, it seems insane. I mean, I think of yeah. all the restaurants I've been to, and you know, from the just from the customer side, like oh, that's good, that's fine. Yeah. But just to know everything that went into it, the plates, the the, the music, the setting, every you know, just hearing it from her, just how how much care and thought has to go into all of that, like yeah, you know, and it's just the, that little. It's just the vibe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the customer like, hey, I like this place. It's nice. It smells good. Looks good. Yeah, totally. You can something you can just you just you feel in your gut, but to, but to to create that, so much care and attention has to really go into it. Yeah, well, and and even um, when she was talking about the music, and I thought that was a great question that you asked when you guys were talking about um, equating music and food, and like being in a band and running a restaurant, and and um, you talked about how your friend at, at their restaurant, they came out and they equated the food to <laughs> albums. And, and I, and I think that those, I think those things, they do go really well together. And it made me think of like that, like music and food are probably the two oldest, like art forms or creative forms to like pull people together. Mm-hmm. I think, and art kind of maybe, but art is a little bit, art can be a little bit kind of highfalutin, like a little bit more like you have to know what you're looking at a little bit sometimes. Whereas music, I think you can kind of step in and go, yeah, this makes me feel a way and you don't have to know anything about it. And I think food is the same thing. It's like, you don't really have to know how the food is made to be able to experience it, you know? And I think music is that same way. Like you don't have to know about guitar and drums and whatever you step into a venue and you go, Oh, wow. Okay. This is for me. I don't even know why. Yeah. That those, I think those two things are like this, uh, this way of bringing like culturally, like keeping people together or bringing people together. And these are like the, the, um, feelings that people have like from their childhood is always like music like did your parents play music at home Mm -hmm. or did your friends play music or you know your old i mean for me it was like my friend's older brother used to just bring us mixtapes and that was it like i was the oldest so i didn't have an older brother or older cousins or anything and um but yeah pete poquette 
Shout out. <laughs> Shout Big out P? to the mixtapes. Uh, no. Yeah, he'd just bring us, he'd be like, you guys listen to horrible music here. <laughs> here, I'm, I'm going to help here's everybody the, here's out. Led yeah. Here's Led Zeppelin tape, and <laughs> here's Rush, and here's Queen, and here's like everything. And, and then every year he would make like his, um, at the end of the year would be like his shit mix. And it was the worst songs. Like it was the, it was the tape of the worst songs of the year. And the really, I don't remember any, it wasn't even the worst songs of the year. It was just like the worst songs that he would find. Oh, how funny. And then, and I remember once there was a Led Zeppelin song on there and we're like, how is there a Led Zeppelin song on here? And it was the crunch. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Where is the confounded bridge? Thank you to the bridge. Has anybody seen the bridge? Like the the fake horns, fake trumpets or whatever. Oh yeah. Horrible. Now, by the way, it's my favorite songs. By the way, I was going to say, I love that song now, (laughs) but I I don't remember any of the other songs, but those are these, those moments of like, like music and food. You know, I like, I can still remember. I think there's something every primal Christmas at my grandparents' house. It's like, yeah. I think it's something primal about it too, right? Because it's like you don't have to um you don't have to know anything. Like you said, you know, you smell something, you're like, oh, that smells good. I want to eat that. Yeah. You know, you taste something, totally. like, I like this. Or you hear something, I like this. This is a, yeah. it's it's not <clears throat> there's no training. Your natural your body will tell you this sounds good, this sounds bad, this tastes good, yeah. this tastes bad. Yeah. And everybody's unique. You know, everyone has their own taste and literal taste of, of, yeah. of what they like to eat and then taste and, and music. But there's something about it that just fits, fits, you know, and you don't have to think about it. But it's so close to survival, too. You know, you need food to survive. And yeah. music is in that, that same kind of thing, too, I think, you know, where it's just, it's like, I, you know, it's, it's there's, they, what was I seeing? I saw, I saw some report there, probably, probably an Instagram story about a report that just the music, you know, is part of the, um, you know, our, our DNA, our cells resonate at frequencies. You know what I mean? The, yeah. really, the, the reality, you know, we are just a bunch of frequencies and music, mm-hmm. you know, c- can align with that and harmonize with that and resonate. And I think it's that same sort of, you know, thing. Obviously, food's important for life, but I think music is always going to be made in one form or another or appreciated. Yeah. Well, and I think, isn't it, and this, this could also be some, like, full-on, we could be getting into super hippie territory here. I love but, it. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Look at our crystals out. Speaking of frequencies, um, <laughs> But, um, but that isn't the, the, the majority of the popular music is written at the, like right around the same beat as a heartbeat, mm-hmm. right? It's like, right. I don't remember, I don't even remember what it is, but it's, it's like, like 120 BPMs. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And it's and a so four on the floor kind of, yeah, it's the mom's heartbeat. It's the only thing you grew up with do, do, in, do, in do. utero. That's what the heartbeat of your mother sounded like. Yeah. Or when you're this a baby born laying on your chest. Like that's a comforting sort of feel, soothing feeling. It, it relaxes you. It puts you, yeah. in, you know, it simulates that kind of connection to life and protection. Well, and, and I was just thinking with the music and the uh, food together, I never really thought of, because obviously with food, it's what you grew up with, but it's also like everybody's taste buds are different. So everybody, like some people can do spicy food. Some people can't like there's genetic things of what, how you taste like cilantro. Oh, right. Or, yeah. People, like, right. Like, are, you, these are you on the soap spectrum or the cilantro spectrum? Uh, I like cilantro. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But then, but then my brother-in-law can't, he's always been like, I can't do cilantro. And then those studies came out and he's like, Oh, 
I must it's be like that. an actual genetic thing. <laughs> like I would have yeah. never liked cilantro, but I would never thought of it as also having like musical taste buds. Yeah. To be like when you walk into a place and you go, I don't know why I like this. I like fast. I like slightly faster, heavier music. Usually that was like my whole thing growing up, but I didn't have, it's not like my parents listened to faster, heavier music or, but there's something about that. Like even when I was a kid and first got like listening to hip hop, it was like, I gravitated towards the heavier kind of more intense, whatever as a kid when other kids were like, Oh, I like the more chill, like De La Soul and da 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 or whatever. And I was like, I'm no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. know where that came from, but it's it still, me. yeah, it still hits me. But that like having musical taste buds that you're just like, maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's know. Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. You'll never know. Um, yeah, no, I loved her. I loved her stories and it just, yeah, I think there was that, you know, I think there was also just a certain amount of just survival. Like just, like you said, you know, just a hustler and just kind of out there survive, you know, just doing stuff. And you know, we, when you were talking about leaving, you know, getting a bar or a venue that's too big and you got to just like, Oh, well, I need to, I need to make a restaurant then I need to do this. Those, some yeah. of those just mistakes you make just are the thing that leads you into your next phase in life. Like I thought it was a mistake, but really I love this thing. This is going to be the thing that's yeah. going to carry me on past, you know, the venue will go away, the bar will go away, but the restaurant will stay. I'm sure yeah. I have the three things as they were happening, that seemed like the least important one. Mm -hmm. The bar was going to make the money and the venue was for the bands because that's the world they're coming from. But, oh, yeah, I was to put a little restaurant over there. And then it became something yeah. that, you know, was was life changing. It's like too dumb to know, <laughs> too dumb to know better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said something. You had a good line. I don't remember what it was. Like too stupid to. <laughs> what was it? I don't remember. Too stupid to fail. Or too stupid to, to, to yeah. not do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like when we when we um started that gallery this los angeles which yep. is now like legendary uh, 13 years ago or something it's crazy but wow. um it was that we had a space and that that justin rip was like mm -hmm. we were like well if justin gets involved we'll do it and then he did and we none of us knew anything about anything like we knew artists but that was it and then we we had a couple people that were like, "You guys, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> you guys are going to lose everything." I'm like, "What do you mean? It seems easy." We got and, walls. Uh, you put the art on the walls. Yeah, people buy it. it was people not... don't. We have parties. Yeah. What do you mean? How could you can't lose? <laughs> yeah. You can't lose. What do you mean? This is super fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, but it was definitely um, uh, not easy. But it was. We were so dumb that we did stuff that now looking back going like, oh, I would have never thought that that would have even worked, you know, or whatever, like the way that things, the way that things run, the way that galleries run or whatever, we just didn't have any clue. So we just did what felt right. And I think, I think we probably, I mean, we lasted for three years, but that um, we probably wouldn't have lasted much longer anyway, even if Justin hadn't passed away. But that um, what it ended up being was that we were running a community space without knowing it. Because mm -hmm. it ended up being a place where artists, like 
all the artists and creatives and musicians and whatever, it felt like it was a time once a month where they could come and everybody would see their friends and hang out and talk about stuff and come in during the week and just hang out. And, and it became more of that than it was some kind of business. But then now that's like all the people that, that I know and still talk to and everything are from that, those times. Yeah. Which is, which is one of those like, Oh, I also would have never thought that that would like create a whole new group of people for me. You know, so. Yeah, it's incredible. I think those those sort of happenstance sort of things. You even looking back on it, you know, you go, "Well, I could have, you know, all the money and no friends, or I could have all the friends and the no money." Yeah, and you know, if at the end, you know, as you get older, you think at the time, at the moment, <laughs> I could use a little bit more money. I got maybe <laughs> one or two friends I could shed and get a couple more dollars. Yeah. Could we balance that out a little bit? Could be, you know, somewhere in the middle would be nice. But yeah, but I think it's you know like it's similar to, you know, all ages galleries or these kind of DIY or, or all ages, um, you know, venue spaces or, you know, mm-hmm. DIY venue spaces. Cause it feels like if you knew what you were doing, you wouldn't do it, you know? And there's yeah. the part of not knowing that makes it special because yeah. running a venue is really hard. Running a gallery is really hard. But if you, if you're not trying to run a gallery or try to run a venue, if you're just trying to have fun with your friends, well, that's easy. That's the easy yeah. part. And maybe a gallery happens in between having all the fun with your friends and there might be some art on the walls and you might sell one or two of them yeah. or get some stolen, have some celebrities photo- photographs stolen yeah. and recovered. <laughs> but, um, yes. but you know what I mean? I think Front that's, that's part of the, that's just the, the life experience. And that's what I feel like, you know, not to be old man, but it feels very clear now, this, this side of 40, that's what your twenties are for, you know, and being a, being a parent now, it's oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. That's what, that's the definition of twenties is do all the dumb stuff with all your dumb friends and have all the yeah. dumb fun you can, because that's, what's just going to set you up for the rest of your life, whether it's your friend group or your interests or your business or whatever it is, you know, that's, that's your opportunity to just do everything. I think there's no, there's nothing more hyphenated <laughs> about life than being in your twenties. I think turning, yeah. turning 20, you're automatically like, if you don't have 14 dumb ideas and 14 dumb friends to do it with, you know, then you're in trouble. That's, yes. you hurry it's up. It's the best time. Hurry up and get some best b- bunch of dumb friends and everybody's <laughs> dumbest idea wins. Go do it now. Turn, turns out most of the 20 year olds are pretty dumb. So you've got a lot of people to choose from. <laughs> That's it. You're right. Yeah. It's not going to be hard to find. Thinking back about all of those things. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the best time to fail at as many things as possible. Right. I think. Yeah. I mean, oh. when you're failing and you're like, well, I only had to make $400 this month or, well, now it's a little yeah. different. I yeah. only had to make a thousand dollars this month. <laughs> keep, keep your we overhead low. Out. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Turns um, out it's like when sleeping, sleeping on a mattress on the floor was not the worst thing ever. Right. Yeah. You don't need much sleep. You don't need much to eat. Yeah. You probably look better if you yeah. don't eat as much and yeah. you don't sleep have as much. Some... Somehow that makes you look cooler in your twenties. Yeah. I have <laughs> so blankets. It works. I have Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. I have, uh, you don't even need, you don't even need Advil. I didn't know what Advil was till I was in my thirties. <laughs> I remember going on, on the, on a skate trip and, uh, with the Altamont team and no age was playing stuff, but the, in the van, there was just like one of those Costco sized things of Advil. And it was the funniest thing I'd ever yeah. seen. I was like, what is this? This doesn't make no sense. It's like a, a jar of Advil just in the center console of this skate van. And I was like, and then as the years would go on, it that became clear, like, Oh, that's what that was for. Yeah. <laughs> for any of the skaters who were not in their twenties anymore. 
Yeah, we'll see how many then. skaters have uh, liver problems, <laughs> including myself. We just had a ad or Alka Seltzer morning relief. Do you what? remember that? No, what was that? <laughs> it was like Alka Seltzer. It must be really bad for you because they discontinued it. But, uh, Did you find some new old stock, some vintage uh, Alka Seltzer? Oh, I wish that stuff was the best. You'd be really hungover in the morning, and and you oh. get like the two things of Alka-Seltzer, which is just aspirin, right? I mean, I think Alka-Seltzer is just aspirin. Fizzy fizzy aspirin. It's just aspirin, but then it makes your stomach feel better because you have all the bubbles. But then I think it had caffeine in it, maybe. Oh, that would make sense. Somehow it was magic. I don't know. When I worked at Amoeba, the the record store here in LA, um, they had a little kitchen area. There was a coffee maker and a, and a refrigerator. You could stash yep. your stuff, but um, and usually some sodas and kind of craft services type of stuff. You know, it's Nature Valley, like you know, crumb crumble bars. They were all. Yep. <laughs> you just opened it and yeah. it all just turned into like yeah. <laughs> flakes of oats it- and dirt and dust everywhere. You just make it into a little tube. And just, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, like let it go into your mouth. The, yeah. gr- the granola tube. Yeah, um, <laughs> the granola tube. They have that kind of just the cheap, cheap, you know stuff but um mm-hmm. but there was but they had emergency and that was the best oh, yes. i would i would get a, i would get a, a dr pepper from the soda machine and then just pour, pour take a couple sips and then pour like the orange emergency into the dr pepper <laughs> to get the, the caffeine and vitamin c oh, that was my God. perfect hangover uh, <laughs> that was my sunday morning opening shift at amoeba wow. you know, 10 a.m 11 a.m sunday morning like okay just got to get through get through the next couple hours so i can get to lunch Oh wow, that's a that's a good one. The emergency and Dr Pepper that sounds horrible. <laughs> Probably was. Sometimes people, I think people would go get bagels because they had the, the farmers market over there. So the Sunday mornings were very oh, you yeah. know any opening retail Sunday morning thing with yeah. many people in their twenties is a very uh, harrowing kind of sight to see. It's kind of like zombies, you know, Especially going into at- the store getting let in early. Like oh. <laughs> Especially at the biggest independent record store in Southern California in Los An- in Los Angeles, Sunday morning is not going to be your your bright and shiny no, moment. No, but I think they made it a point too of trying to hire cool people, knowledgeable people, or hip looking yeah. people. So therefore, they would have to know who they were, who they were, what they were getting into for the, who's yeah. the Sunday morning people. It's, it's, a, hard, yeah. it's a small group to pick from. Who, who yeah. could we even trust to show up Sunday morning? <laughs> Turns out, I mean, I, I do have to say Amoeba was always, uh, they were really, or still are, I guess, yeah. probably really great at hiring because they were, always were the people that if you did, had questions, there was never a time I went in there and just got some grumpy, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think, yeah. I don't think there was, that there, didn't was exist. there was never an, I don't know at, at that record yeah. store. That was literally the yeah. whole point of like all the, all the obnoxious people that were going to talk to you at a party about every record. <laughs> They, that's actually how out. they is that how they hired people they just so. went to parties yeah. and waited for the people who were talking <laughs> about something no one cared about wouldn't shut the fuck up like, like yeah <laughs> we'll have them for years like ah like, you know you can do this and get paid right what yeah. well forever te- yeah technically uh <laughs> If you've ever said technically and followed up with yeah. a lot of knowledge about it's the Beetle prog. mono uh, pressings, how the Beetle monos are better than the stereo because <laughs> they were actually mixed in mono. And 
um, that is one thing that was funny though, because the Amoeba had, it was, you know, they didn't have the best PA system in there for some, or not very, you know, like stereo, I guess, you know, they should have, but, but there was like, almost like the store was one half was the left speaker. One half was the right speaker. So when you would get the Beatles stereo, um, if somebody was DJing or somebody, you know, whoever yeah. was picking up music in the store, if you'd put on those stereo Beatle mixes where we were up in the mezzanine, like all the way on the, the far side of the, of the yeah. store, you literally, it was just like, the hi-hat and like bass <laughs> so i never understood really the, the whole thing of the beetle stereo versus mono until you you're in a warehouse with the right and left separated by about like you know 120 feet difference yeah. and then you can really understand like oh okay that's why <laughs> that's how the stereo mixes yeah. suck you just hear you just hear the phantom like a phantom voice barely over the hi-hat paul is dead i was dead <laughs> um yeah it's true (laughs) no there were so many good nerds i loved i I, one of my favorite experiences in all of the because so i worked at the movie section that's part of what you know i i was not a great record store i'm still not a great record nerd um I, I like the records I like, but I don't know everything there is to know. There's people, yeah. or I've met people that know quite a bit. So I, I'm very comfortable in saying I don't know everything. But the movie stuff, I was like, okay, I could at least, I could, you know, s- s- stay in there for a couple rounds. You know, I'm probably not going to win the trivia mm-hmm. contest. But, um, but I could knowledgeably talk about, you know, films from certain eras. And, uh, and I remember somebody, the, the best thing is we'd get questions where people would call in. To, to Amoeba and then pass them through to the movie section of the mezzanine. And it was like, uh, hey, I'm looking for this, this classic movie. Like, okay, we have we have a classic section, you know, the Humphrey Bogart, you know, um, Cary Grant, you know, those all those films are beautiful, beautiful black and white noir films. What, what, which one are you looking for? Like, no, 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 not like that. It's got, um, it's got uh, Chris Tucker in it. <laughs> like, oh, the class, <laughs> would it be Fri- Friday? Friday? Like, yeah, that's the one. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> Would you like Friday? Friday after next? Next Friday? <laughs> Friday comes again? The, the return of the Fridays? Um, return of Fridays. And then Monday. This time it's personal. Um, yeah, but it would just be great. But there was a lot of those kinds of questions that people would come in, and it was always fun. I felt like I felt like I did pretty good at the, the random, just like a mom kind of thing. Like, well, you know, it had that one actress in it. You know, when she, yeah. did the, she was with the guy that did the thing. And like, yeah. we had the hair. Oh, I think there mean, was a boat. They were on a boat, maybe. A boat. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was Ooh, great. boats. Okay. I, I got one like that. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, the plane movie, the plane movie. I was like Memphis Bell. You know, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> late nineties, World War Two, camaraderie. You know, like yes, that's the one. I'm like okay, cool. Wow. Nailed, nailed that one. Could have gone to Air Force wow. One, but I think they would have led with the President movie, not the plane. Could have gone Snakes on a Plane. This was pre snakes on a plane. That is true. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that yeah. Now when you got uh, yeah, there's a lot more plane movies. Soul plane. Soul you could have gone soul plane. Yep. It's true. Air, <laughs> airplane. Gone, you could have just gone airplane. You could have gone a lot of yeah. Could have gone a lot of ways. But I was. You have to listen. It's the thing you listen in between the lines. What the people are saying. You kind of judge their age, what else they're talking about, how they're talking about it. You can you you have to take all the context clues of what someone's really looking for, based on all yeah. those things. You're looking at, you're trying to figure out their movie taste buds. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, I, before, cause before Amoeba, I had done four years at a uh, rocket video, which was another like independent kind okay. of video store. And then I also did time, uh, at the Lemley sunset five, which is kind of the art house theater over on sunset. Wow. I did about a year and a half there. And then this other small theater regent, which was like on La Brea, that was kind of a weird, mm-hmm. uh, weird place it was a big it was like it had a, one big screen kind of old palace sort of thing i feel like it's yeah. still there but it's just some weird tax write-off or something 
Yeah. I'm going to turn into a mega church or synagogue. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. But it was fun. So I feel like I'd put a lot of time into all like the weird random movie minutia of things. And then I was taking film classes at USC at the same time. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do it a little bit, but I did, I did sign up for a Vidiot's uh, film trivia um, contest yeah. pre pandemic. They had it yeah. at, at the ACE hotel and I was like, Ooh, okay. You can put a team together of four people. And I was like, who are my movie nerds? And my old, and so I, I don't know, maybe this is boring. I don't know, but I'll, I'll no, go down no. the movie, the movie nerd road for a second. Um, the, so I, I got the old manager from the video store, Jeff Miller. He, he now works as an archivist and historian at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, the Oscars. Wow. He's, I was yeah. like, okay, that's, he's going to be a good ringer there. He's written two books on Abbott and Costello. I'm like, okay, that's Amazing. my guy. And then I got, um, by the way, Josh Erkman, who uh, is a, a, a DVD uh, quality control, mastering kind of all things, finishing, you know, he's the guy that would inspect the, the glass plates before they make DVDs and has done like wow. build out the menus for all these films. I was like, okay, he's got, and he had a lot of knowledge about that stuff. Yeah. And then my cousin, Roger, who, who was my original... <laughs> kind of film mentor he was the guy and like you know when i was four years old taught me about uh, steven spielberg and you know francis mm -hmm. Ford coppola and he now yeah. and he runs his own he's, he's a projectionist at sundance and runs his own movie independent sort of like a micro budget film thing i was like okay this is good i think i got I got a heavy team of ringers there we got our ass kicked so bad <laughs> so fast <Really? laughs> <laughs> it was literally just, a, a comedy of like, okay, I got the best guys. We got this thing. And then we show up there and there's, and God bless them. But there was people who I don't think they ever left their house. You know, it was the yeah. first time they left their house in a long time. And that's know, why they're so good. They're very, very good. So they're, knowledgeable. There were some very knowledgeable, very socially maladjusted um, men. <laughs> I, I won't lie. Winners. It, was all, it was all men. Mostly. Those in are called winners. Mostly in sweatpants. Yeah. And, uh, and, I just uh, we we got a lot annihilated. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I thought I thought I had I thought I had the ringer crew. I thought we were going to walk out of there with whatever uh, you know trophy they had to give, but it didn't happen. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, life. Am I right? Right. Hey, no, but I mean, any trivia? Are you good at any trivia?s Do you guys have no, to do with the kids? Horrible. Yeah, I yeah. can't even remember jokes. Oh, yeah. can you remember jokes? I try. If someone's like, "Hey, what's a joke?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't have, <laughs> seven, oh, I seven, eight, nine. I mean, I do a lot of dad <laughs> jokes. You know, it's like, yeah. That's uh, yeah. but oh, I can't remember anything. Yeah. I have no, I have no sense of uh, time, and so I think that, <laughs> I was just, I I was just gonna say, memory... you, you, you know what the you know what the most important thing about jokes is? Timing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah, that's why I have no timing. Uh, I don't yeah. remember jokes. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I just don't. I have no. Like, I turn my head one way and it like, falls what? out your I ear. Don't, yeah. Oh, I that, have no the, memory for that kind of those the minutia. I have no minutia memory. Oh my god, that's I have, all. Like, that's feeling. all I have. I have like general You're, feelings you, no. about things. I have a large minutia um, reservoir. <laughs> the one that's going on our house right now. I have a four-year-old, so jokes are still yeah. very important. Ten-year-old, yeah. not so much, but the four-year-old jokes are very. I, I will hear them ten times a day. If there's a good, so the good one we have right now is what do you call a spider with ten eyes? Oh. Um, a spider. That's good. That was good. Yeah, he told his optometrist that, and she really liked it. It was a very optometrist-friendly joke. 
<laughs> She's like, I'm going to use that. Thank you. That was a great yeah. one. It's all, good. but it's all about seeing a four-year-old go, ah, yeah, 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 get very excited. It doesn't even finish the word. Just, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Especially if you don't really get it at first, and you yes. go, wait, huh? Is the, sp- ay, 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 ay. is the spider like having a seizure? What's yes. going on? Yeah, so, yeah. Oh no, there's it's, eyes. There's an eye in spider. Of, spider with ten eyes. <laughs> oh man, cool. All right. Well, what else you got going on? What's What's next for you? <sighs> um. Yeah, I'm just at like kind of the end of my school oh, for good. Uh, teaching stuff. So these next couple of months are going to be finish it up. Get yeah, on there. yeah. It's like it's it's like the um, the actual teaching part and the school part are completely opposite from each other. Oh, so I think a lot right. of I think a lot of times that the school like the um, all of the information and the lesson plans and all of that stuff, half the time even the professors are like, I mean, you know, this <laughs> well, is kind of what we have to do for the school part, but you're really just kind of winging it when you get in the classroom. So there's the book um, smarts and the street yeah, smarts or yeah. the, the, the boots on the ground. You're going to kind of, you have to make kind it of for like, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like follow, like the, follow all the instructions, mm-hmm. like very literally. Because everything is very literal in the instruction part of college school. Oh, oh, right. Like if it asks you to do something, you don't necessarily have to be creative. Just do that thing. Because mm-hmm. really, we want you to exceed in the student teaching part, and then the, we have to do this Ed TPA, which is like the final test or the test for the state to get through. And they're like, we really want you to do good on that. So really, these classes just get through it, and you'll do great. If you turn it in and you follow the rules, it's good. You're fine. So it's kind of a lot of busy work. It's good though. I mean, it's like the reading is good and it's, it's a lot of interesting, it's like child development stuff that is, um, really good stuff to know, but it's like writing about it and then actually like putting it into context with the kids in class that are like one day totally great. And the next day they're like, look at you like they're trying to destroy you (laughs) mentally like i'm gonna do nothing today and you're gonna like it and then trying to go like well you know what i read about the udl method (laughs) you know it's like the the two things are like it's like it's great to know but then when you're actually sitting in front of a kid going you know how much better it will be if you just like take the 10 minutes to do what you need to do and 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 just you know get through it and like you're finished you feel accomplished instead of taking 45 minutes to complain about not doing the thing that takes 10 minutes it's like trust me your life will be so much easier like you just have to trust me i know it's boring but like walking around the room for 45 minutes trying to hide from me to show me that you're not like answering five questions is just making it harder on yourself. It's a tough way to make an easy living. Yeah, <laughs> but it is it is funny trying to be being an adult and then trying to get back into the headspace of like a thirteen year old. Even though you have you, you have know towns is twelve. And yeah, yeah. It's yeah. different when they're your own kids mm. because. They, well, I was going to ask you yeah, what as like, a parent because when I when I was teaching, I was I was very much not a parent. I was a young yeah. man in my twenties with my head firmly planted in, a, in another world. What yeah. what is it? I mean, yeah. As a, I'm, I'm imagining now, if I had to 
teach, I would go, oh, well, this, those all sound like parent things. I would just use parent sort of tech, you know, t- techniques of like, well, if we get this done, then there's a reward here later or a distraction. You try to go walk, you know, confusion bomb them with something else and then get them back on track <laughs> somewhere else. It definitely, it definitely helps because, um, I, I'm not really super surprised I'm not, I'm not as surprised as I would be if I didn't have kids <laughs> that age, like that, or had gone through the yeah. kids of, with that age. With all, that all age. the dumb shit that these children say on a daily basis just, <laughs> when it hit your ears as surprising. You're like, oh, that sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. Well, when they, like, re- remembering what it was like, I mean, do you remember what it was like when you were a kid and then some adult would say something to you and you'd go, how did they know? Oh, yeah. How did they know what I was, how did they know what I was going to do? Yeah. Like they must be imagining. They have, like, other, they have yeah, eyes totally. in the back of their head. They knew that totally. And so watching the kids like having conversations <laughs> with them of them just being like, "Wait, what? How did you know? How did you know I was going to say that or whatever?" And being like, "Oh yeah, this is goofy. These kids are goofy." Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely helps. I think being being a parent, but but those parent things that work on our kids do not work. You know, it depends on the kid. Yeah, like like the the majority of the kids that are having difficulties or whatever, just have stuff going on at home that's crazy. And I mean, what do you? You're just like you're literally trying to get them through, and like if you can get through and not like, and you're actually talking to me and we're having conversations, and you can get a C, or like you can get half your work done, mm-hmm. I'll be like stoked. You know, it's middle school too. It's like the grades don't really count as much and you're not like worried about college and yeah. getting out of school and all that kind of stuff. So really like Just kind of, you're trying to get them through without getting in fights. And You're conditioning them to sit, to sit still in a chair for 45 minutes. That's the biggest kind thing. Kind of. I mean, it's interesting because being in art class, they get to get up and walk around a lot. Oh, and, yeah. and um, But that can also make for kids, like a, a lot of it, is and there's a couple of kids that we had a lot of problems with in the fall and it's literally you know they just have so much energy and again like i don't blame them you know it's like school is boring sometimes <laughs> but also like life gets much more boring <laughs> <laughs> i got, a lot I got of bad ways. news for you kid yeah in <laughs> a lot of ways so yeah. so also just like trying to do that like like it's not quite as boring as you guys think it is like you, you just want to like get up and run around, which I understand because you have energy and lunch just happened and everybody's crazy and everybody's gossiping and like <laughs> there's going to be a fight and everybody's trying to figure out where it's going to be and you're trying to stop it and whatever, all that kind of goofy stuff. Oh. But what I've, but I have realized that uh, the things that I was worried about are not the things that I'm worried about now. Like I was worried about like teaching and not knowing enough and not like. Oh my God, what got, if they don't know how to draw at the end of this or whatever? But really it's so much more about um, like getting them to maybe treat each other better and be better people. And and then those things actually, they start doing their work. They start like, oh, well maybe I shouldn't tell that kid he's an idiot. <laughs> maybe he could actually help me. Oh, he's actually helping me with my painting now because he's really good. And like, oh, and then, and it, and we did have a kid last week who's been he's been suspended a couple of times and um but he's a good kid i don't know he's yeah. fine he's he's like he'll be fine yeah. <laughs> you know like most of those kids i'm like the thing is you're you're not wrong 
<laughs> your your frustration is warranted yeah. because you probably shouldn't be in this class, but you're having to be in this class because you got kicked out of your other classes or because of your schedule or whatever. But like one kid who has been getting in trouble is actually like getting his stuff done and doing good, doing good work. And, and he was like, you know, maybe it is better if I just get this stuff done, huh? And I was like, yes. Give, try it out. Let's see what happens. What you just yeah. said is correct. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he like got his last project done. Like he was one of the first ones done. Nice. He's like, you know what? Huh. You might have been right. No, I can't. I'll take it. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take it. Whatever he said, right there. So it's it's mostly it's mostly like mental kind of like behavioral weirdness because they're crazy. I don't know. They're thirteen, fourteen. Like the stuff that they say. Sometimes I'm like, you guys, you got to talk about this somewhere else because. I'm going to have to report this. <laughs> what, are, what are you guys talking about? They're more hormones you, than you humans. Can't, you can't like talk about your relationships and you're like, this is not like is not appropriate. what you're going to do to people and like who you're going to fight. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to call, wait, what, what are you talking yeah. about? Okay. This is, this is bordering this is, on a you guys criminal. Think I'm uh, not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a, if you don't care that you're saying this around me, what are you saying? like around your parents and everybody else it's like yeah oh. so that's been kind of eye-opening but whatever i don't know they're fun i like that that age group is really crazy it's they're fun the the one thing i, I remember from my time um subbing with uh, special ed in the special ed department for a high school yeah. was that a lot of the students you know had um non-specific learning disabilities there's you know yeah. it's an acronym or something but it was just this kind of thing and, and i didn't know what that meant and i'd have to put it down on the iep and because ieps are really important that yeah. was the big contract stuff big paperwork that was important but it was a lot of like what's go like what is this and and, and it would turn out it was, there was a lot of stuff going on at home parents were in jail oh, yeah. or not or, or there was you know different guardian situations and there was a lot of chaos outside of the of school setting around. And that just resulted in a non-priority of learning was not a priority. You know, whatever was going on in the school was not a priority to this person because they had a lot of other stuff that was occupying their mental, emotional space. And so, yeah. so it was an on, it was an ongoing issue. It wasn't just a one-time thing. And so this would result in they'd be behind in reading, and you know they'd be behind in everything. And once they were so far behind, it was then seen as um, a non-specific learning disability. Yeah. And I don't think the kids, you know, it, and it wasn't, everybody was different. You know, everybody had a unique um, experience, but I, but I found several cases where it was like, you're not, you're not special ed, you know, you don't qualify for this. You're behind and you don't, yeah. and you don't care. You're behind and you don't care. And no one else cares yeah. on your behalf. And no one's really putting this, putting pressure on this to get solved. You know, you're just behind. If you were, if you read 20 minutes a night, you know. Yeah. For the next year, you probably could, you could scaffold up, but you're going to have to practice and work hard. But you already yeah. felt, but they felt bad for not being with their friends were. And so they'd already given up and probably give, they'd given up, people had given up on them years before they got to the high school part. So they were just kind of just making sure all the, all the contracts were in place and all the paperwork was in place to, um, process them through the system and yeah. it was, and, well, that, and it's just a feeling like that's just what's going to happen for the rest of their life. They're just going to get processed through till, so they're on to somewhere else and then get processed through that, whether it's in the legal system or the, you know, whatever it is. It was like, wow, this is, this is a bummer. 
Yeah, or they'll figure it out. You know, I mean, yeah, a lot of those kids have, you know, big problems, and then something clicks when they, or they know someone who went to college and was like, "Dude, college is great," and da, 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 I'm doing this. You could do that. Oh my god, no one told me I could do that. And then they go to like continuation school and get their GED and yeah. go to community college, and they're fine. Yeah. So I mean, the other thing is like, I think what happens is there's a lot of, um, like, Oh my God, the world is ending. The world's over these kids. What are they going to, what this, you know, and I'm like, it's totally day by day. You never know. They might yeah. meet that one person. Or again, I think what happens, even what I see, especially at this age, like all those kids that have the energy and have the, have the like, they actually kind of see that school is like, they're like, what is this for? I don't get what it's for. And there's not really an answer. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't, you know, and, and I think a lot of those kids, like they really do see it and go like, I feel like I don't belong here. And they're probably not wrong at that moment because mm. they're, but there isn't, but the solution isn't there. And like their parents either aren't able to help or they, you know, they're, they don't care or, there isn't a lot of support or, and so the kids, the frustration is warranted. Yeah. And then, but then the school district has, you know, the school has to deal with a hundred kids at the school that maybe have frustration that's warranted, but then they're like, okay, there's six of us in the, in the admin <laughs> building. Like, yeah. what do what we, you know, yeah. we're doing our best. And, and, you know, we sit on a lot of meetings and they have a lot of, like our, our school is very involved in, um, the new principles. Great. And he's, he, he came up through, I, th I think he came up through like special education. Oh, I, originally. I, oh, oh you gotta go. I, I'm going to bounce. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll talk, talk to you soon. Sorry. We'll put a pin in this one. We'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Later, okay. man. All right. See you, man. Bye. 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 Bye.